Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. So uh, we're here because uh, Paul and Taylor, with um, some of their friends, have felt um, God's call to begin a new church in Charlottesville. And it's also interesting that we're in our 10th year as a church. And um, so I was in Paul's shoes uh, basically 10 years ago. And um, our elders and, and, and those who have, we've talked with Paul over the past um, six to nine months have felt that God was laying before us um, to partner in a more visible and meaningful way with Victory Church. So. That's why we're here, to talk a little bit about that and to uh, talk about that together. So, Paul, um, well, I have to say, uh, so it probably was years ago. I don't know, three, four years ago, I'm not sure. But I was talking to Audrey, and Audrey, for some reason, I don't remember where, she's like, oh, I have these amazing friends, Paul and Taylor, and you have to meet them. And she went on and on and on and on. And at some point, I'm like, these people can't be that awesome. Uh, like, stop. We paid uh, her. <laughs> but uh, but uh, she was right. And uh, so in many ways, um, my connection with you traces back to, to Audrey and Andrew. But tell, for those here who don't know you, like, tell us just a little bit about your story and why you're here now in this moment feeling like God has you on the cusp of helping to form a new church. Wow. Well, firstly, thank you for even having us here. Uh, if you didn't already know, your pastor is amazing. Uh, you know that, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my family, we do love people uh, like the Breens, and, and we are attracted to those who are just givers and, and selfless and transparent and authentic. And so I wanted to make sure I shared that preface prior to anything else, because I think our even being here is a testimony um, to, the, to the spirit and heart of your pastor wanting to partner in this way. So thank you for having us today. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, well, a little bit about myself uh, and ourselves. We were, gosh, where do I start? 1979 when I was born in Long Island. <laughs> born and raised on Long Island, um, New York. And uh, my wife, Taylor, was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. I left New York in 1997 to go to college, which happened to be here in Charlottesville at UVA. And, uh, and so that was our introduction to the city, coming here as undergraduates. I came in 97, graduated in 01, continued on into graduate school, and that was certainly the Lord's doing because Taylor didn't get here until 2001 as an undergraduate. So we met in grad school, or I met her while I was in graduate school. And, um, and during that time, we were pretty active in local church, First Baptist Church on Main Street. Taylor also went over to Covenant with Pastor Bear. Uh, we were pretty involved in campus ministry then. Uh, never thinking that years from then we'd be planting a church here, but being faithful in the ways that we knew how. Um, and since that time, fast forward a few years after graduating 2005, we were married. We lived in the D.C. metropolitan area for several years. And uh, in 2011, that's when we came back to Charlottesville when I was offered the role to serve in Curry, uh, Curry School of Education on their, on their faculty. So that's a little bit of how we... Uh, came to be acquainted with UVA and the city of Charlottesville more broadly. Um, and I guess we can get into some of the details of when God began to speak on, to our hearts about beginning a church, but it was really in around 2014 is when we started to journal 
a little bit of what the Lord was saying in our prayer time. We didn't really say anything until 2015 late uh, to anybody else, but it began with, with that prayer time in 2014. So I want to hear more about that, but because um, Taylor and the kids aren't here, just tell us a little bit about your family, what, yeah. you, what you love about being a husband and a dad. Oh my gosh, how much time do we have <laughs> for that? So I married up, <clears throat> big time. Anybody that knows Taylor knows that I'm telling the truth. Um, I tend to be perhaps in front of people speaking, but if you know Taylor, there's so much that she has to say, and typically she'll put pen to paper and say what she has to say through written expression. So even when I am sharing and, and we're out and about, and I may be the one kind of doing more of the oral expression, so much of it represents us. All of it really represents us and what God has been saying to us. So she's amazing. I mentioned having uh, married her in 2005. Um, so she's been my bride for 12 and a half, going on 13 years now. Um, just an amazing, amazing woman of God, my Proverbs 31 woman for sure. Um, she sharpens me in so many different ways. Um, our children, we have three, as Pastor Wynn referenced. Uh, Elliot, who's seven, who, yes, came down with a pneumonia last night. Just unreal, but thank God for his grace. If I can give this little sidebar, uh, my wife got up. Elliot was sleeping, and she says, let me just take her temperature again. Elliot's sleeping, takes her temperature, it's 105, under the arm, right? So typically under the arm is like a degree or two less than what it really is. So I'm just grateful to God even in that space that, that he nudged her and said, go take her temperature again. So anyhow, um, she's an amazing mom, <laughs> amazing mom, because I was definitely on my laptop, not even sure what was going on other than kind of taking advantage of some of the quiet time uh, to get some work done. Um, so what's it like to be a husband to her? It's a gift. Um, to be a dad to our three children, it's a gift. I think we, I know I learn more every day for any parents in the room how much I don't know, right? And, and uh, all that I'm not. <laughs> um, and that's humbling, but it's also an opportunity to see God uh, through our family and how he fills every space um, that I can't fill on my own with his grace. So he's allowed them. Elliot just accepted Christ about uh, nine, ten months ago. Um, and he's slowly bringing Christopher and Juliet along, I believe, as well, and giving us the privilege to disciple them together. So a little bit about our family and, and why I love them so much. And if you want to hear more, we can do a retreat for uh, 365 days. Yeah. I can share more. <laughs> so um, 10 years ago, I was having to answer the question. There's lots of good churches in Charlottesville. Charlottesville's not a huge place. Yeah. Um, the question I got a lot was, why, why does Charlottesville need another church? So you've, you're having to answer that question too. Why do you think God is particularly placed in your heart to have Victory Church in this particular place, Charlottesville? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the million dollar question, right? I, I mentioned 2014 was when we were praying and writing in our journals, not saying anything to anyone, plant a church. And if you looked in my journal, you'd see it, exclamation points and question marks in there because we were thinking, what are you saying, Lord? But we're hearing you in this regard. Um, and so we continued to pray. We mentioned it uh, to our pastor at that time. We were at City Church. Um, we started at First Baptist on Maine. We were there for a couple of years and went over to City Church, mentioned it to Pastor Pete, and he just kind of surrounded us with love and prayer as we sought more of what God was saying to us in this season. Um, I referenced us having grown up in Long Island and Taylor, uh, Columbus, respectively, and both of us grew up in predominantly white environments, and, uh, and this is relevant to how we came to, I think, 
really embracing the call that God had and has on our lives. Um, I own Long Island, predominantly white environment, yet I spent about four to five days of my week in the Bronx, New York, where my dad passed at a church. And they were originally from Harlem and felt they wanted to give back to, to the city. And so we were a part of these two very different worlds constantly. And Taylor, though growing up in a predominantly white environment, lived literally right next to the tracks, right? You know how you talk about on the other side of the tracks? Well, her family moved as close as they could on the other side of the tracks to go to the school, but her life outside of that looked very much like the other side of the tracks. And so I think both of us grew up with this very interesting bicultural, even more so than bicultural experiences, such that um, our faith community hadn't really captured it in our experiences. Um, and so when we were hearing from the Lord this, this call to plant a church, we said, well, God, what will it look like? Uh, and he pretty much said, it'll look like the world you've been a part of, um, but have yet to experience in a, a faith community. And so the why piece was God said <laughs> pretty clearly over a couple of years. And then just adding to that how I think he's uniquely wired us since our upbringing to express it individually, which we had been doing. Taylor serving on the board at Chi Alpha. I was on the board at City Church. We were on uh, staff at First Baptist at, on West Main. I mean, we were doing what we felt God called us to do, but there was a clear call for us to then steward the vision that's been in our hearts um, as a part of a new church community. Hmm. So let's talk about that for a second. I know that um, a big part of God's call in your life is to participate in the work of reconcil reconciliation, mm -hmm. both with people who might believe that they're far from God, um, reconciling them to God, and people who um, live as if they're far from one another and, and, and participating in that reconciliation work. Um, you're, a pro you're a professor at Curry School. Um, that's one particular track you could have gone on to try to, to flesh out this work, um, and you will continue that. Um, but you, you feel like the church is in many so many respects at the center of the action when it comes to reconciling. Yeah. Why? Yeah, well, uh, I'll start with I know where God found me, right? Uh, I, mean, I started off by just talking about how not good I, and I think we are, um, if you think you are, we're not that good. And I, so I recognized in Christ that it was only through the power of the shed blood on the cross that I could ever have been reconciled to him in my mess. Um, and so, and that process is messy, right? Reconciliation, when we think about what he endured, the persecution, the flogging, etc., cetera, uh, it wasn't a pretty thing for him to do and pay for what we should have paid for but had no currency to pay for. It wasn't pretty. Um, and when I think about reconciliation horizontally, I believe it begins with that vertical reconciliation. It's only through his power that we would ever be able to enter that messy space of horizontal reconciliation with um, with each other. And yes, to your point, I've always felt called to education. It's where we get to be excellent, prayerfully, in our respective crafts, wherever, whatever industry you find yourselves in. And I've always felt like serving students, shepherding them, if you will, through their educational process, initially in the high school and now uh, at the university setting, was in large part about seeing people reconcile to each other. And I think we think racially initially, and that's certainly a part of it, 
But there are so many other layers and dynamics to who we are. Um, I'm from New York, Taylor's from Columbus. There was some reconciliation. <laughs> and still is, right? What is pop, for example? I don't know what that means. Say soda. Um, all of those levels, right? I think God, he allows us into these spaces that in partnership with him, we could see some fruit on the other end of that reconciliation. Um, so I lost track of the original question, but I'm just gonna keep talking. You wing it, you okay? go wherever you go. Uh, but in that sense, right, God has given us, we always think about, uh, I think about Apostle Paul a lot uh, and, and the epistles that he's written, but in 2 Corinthians, he talks about us being reconciled to him, and yet he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Like, that's pretty weighty. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, and so, yes, in education, but also in this church faith community, prayerfully, God will allow us to partner with him to see heaven on earth as we pray in our Lord's Prayer. Lord, I want to participate well in that process of seeing your will on earth done as it is in heaven. Um, so that's a little, yeah. little bit about. So what do you think um, churches who uh, bear witness to the good news of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and believe that we are responsible to the reconciled work of Christ, what do you think is some of the message that we have for our city in this moment. Wow. The message that you preach every week and every day of your life, and as do so many other leaders and churches and people, ambassadors of him do, um, and we are blessed to be his ambassadors. He calls on us, right? He says, you make... It's as if God is making his appeal through us, is where it says, right? We get to implore others to be reconciled to him. And that's, that's the message, simply. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission. Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That message really doesn't change, hasn't changed, and that is what we endeavor to do in partnership with him. I think when we talk about the church being at the center of it, certainly God is at the center of it, but he's called us to be his hands and feet in this space. Um, and to that end, Lord, take these filthy rags and use them as you see fit. Um, to reconcile others to you. Um, that's the message. It's in and through him that we can, we can see victory won um, in this space. Is it easy? No, it's messy, similar to the reconciliation process of, of what he accomplished on the cross. It's messy when parts of the body who some hear, some see, some touch, some feel, may not naturally connect with those other parts of the body, yet he's called us to be a part of the body in that respect. And so that's what I see the, the church's um, big C church responsibility here in the city of Charlottesville. And we're just excited to come alongside those who have already been advancing his kingdom here in this city and to do our part as teammates in the body of Christ to, to see his will done. You know, when we were just talking, um, this line I read a couple weeks ago, um, I think it connects. If it doesn't, we'll just move right on. But uh, uh, it was a line I was reading from Jurgen Moltmann, and he said, the church doesn't have a mission. God has a mission and creates a church to live it out. And I don't know, in my mind, that sort of, there's something that sort of shifts mm -hmm. when I recognize that this really isn't our thing. This is God's thing. And we're, I hear that in your language. We're joining God's oh, action. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, this, when people ask about the vision, per se, I say, well, firstly, it's God's vision. I'm grateful to have uh, been a part of hearing him and to steward his vision. Um, 
at this season and this juncture in life. And so by all means, it is a partnership that we are privileged to assume with him yeah. to seeing him do the work that he wants to do. Um, one thing I've enjoyed, and I'm glad that you're going to be, you guys are going to be moving back closer because I just enjoy you as a, as a person. And I'm, it's going to be really great to have another pastoral colleague in town. Um, so I, I get a sense from you that friendship is something that's important to you as well. Yeah. And I hope to be a friend to you. But um, uh, you talk about it in terms of the church as well. Why do you think friendships among churches, you know, collaboration, um, I mean, there's lots of talk about partnerships, but it seems like it never goes much deeper than, um, you know, sharing a worship service mm -hmm. every five years. I don't know, but what, what and, I, and I don't know what it really looks like either. It's just something I hope and pray for. But why do you think that is important in the body of Christ? Why is it, is it important? What can we do together? What, what is that a witness to? Hmm. Um, wow. Big question. I, yes, friendship is incredibly important, and you already are a friend, um, as are many of you already. And I, I, one of my favorite hashtags, I don't get on social media a lot, but I try to be. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I learn from my nephews and nieces. They're the teenagers. I say, what, what's going on these days? But one of my favorite hashtags is teammates matter, right? And I think my testimony, which at another time I can tell you more, has everything to do with the teammates in my life who, used by God, literally pulled me from a ditch. Um, and so if not for community, and, and the Bible talks about a New Testament, Apostle Paul, again, to the church at Ephesus, talks about us being supporting ligaments for each other, right? Ephesians 4, and, and being built up together in love. And in that spirit, I can't see any other way to fight against, again, what Apostle Paul talks about in uh, Ephesians 6, us not fighting against flesh and blood, right? But we're dealing with principalities and powers in high places. Um, that isn't something, in my view, to try to deal with in a silo, right? So when I think about Pastor Pete, for example, at City Church and what they're doing, that's wonderful. And uh, previously, Pastor Hodari Hamilton, who has since moved on from First Baptist at Main Street. I think of that reference that I made earlier to the parts of the body, so God has given us a, a vision that we're going to steward as well as we can, and it might be that we hear well, right? I might hear what you're thinking or something. I don't know. And then in some other part of the body, maybe you're seeing something that we can't see, or Pastor Pete and City Church is touching and feeling things that we can't necessarily aren't wired or gifted to touch. And so for me, it's a no-brainer to link up with you and Pete and Hodari and Jim Blakely and others and say, what does it look like? as parts of the body to, yes, steward and lead well in our respective con congregations, to, as a part of the larger church, Big C, see ourselves too, if I could extrapolate that scripture a bit to extend to us, what does that look like for us to link up as parts of the body so that collectively the Holy Spirit can dwell within us as the larger body of Christ? And that, I believe, is where we can see a city one for him. Um, and again, I, I reference come along, alongside um, Kyle Hoover's another. My wife and his wife, Christine, have been talking and engaging and praying together. And Taylor was on her podcast because there's this very clear picture of what we will need to do together to see our city transformed, like complete metamorphosis. For that to happen, I can't see any other way than for there to be some interlocking roots underneath, kind of like sequoia trees, if anybody's into those. 
but I read about them recently in a devotional I was doing, and it spoke to how strong they are because of when you go down deep, there's some interlocking roots with other trees. And so when I think of Victory Church, I want there to be some roots certainly within the congregation, but how deep do they go and how deep do they connect with others? How might that play out? I think that's open to our sanctified imagination, whatever that might look like. Collective worship services, maybe we're doing outreaches together in the community, maybe we're discussing issues of our community frequently and strategically in such a way that we bring God to the forefront of some of the conversations we're having um, and doing so as a collective body of Christ. Um, those are, I got a little excited there because that's really where I'm, 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 I'm really excited about that, uh, that piece of coming back home um, alongside those who have poured into me. Pete's poured into me. You've poured into me. Hodari's poured into me. Kyle has poured into me. So I very much recognize that and want to be a part of alongside of you. Uh, seeing the city one. I should, can I reference why we are moving back since I referenced that? We, uh, some of you already know, but uh, we were here in 2011 to, to start teaching at UVA. 2014 started hearing from the Lord about this church plant. And um, the church that we were a part of in Northern Virginia that I like to say raised us as a couple. It's where when we got married, we attended and did all of our marriage classes and so forth. Um, I called that pastor who was still pouring into me and and just kind of let him know what we were praying about. And so for months, we were driving up there every week for church and just connecting with them. And then at one point, the senior pastor there says, um, hey, Paul, uh, Jim is leaving. We need somebody to steward the small groups. And if you're going to really start this church in Charlottesville, it might be helpful for you to, to, to kind of serve in this regard since you're coming up here every week anyways. And so we prayed, we talked about it, we decided to go ahead and assume that small groups passed a role and that we would just commute every week. That got old very quickly, um, such that the family, as we prayed, says, why don't we all move there and you do that commute, buddy? Uh, and so that's what I've been doing for the last 18 months is commuting from Northern Virginia to UVA to continue working at the Curry School. But it's been a blessed season. As I mentioned, Elliot, my daughter, accepted Christ while we've been there. Uh, my parents actually got ill during this season, and who knew that that would be the case? Because then we were around the corner to literally serve them and care for them with activities of daily living and all of those things that, that sometimes come with older age. So it's to reference moving back, that's why we're saying that. We're here, but we're sleeping there until June 25th, until we get to come back home. Well, we look forward to having you back. Um, so I'm going to guess it was a back accident. Um, I hope this isn't presumptuous, but I happened to run across this week some words that my pastor, Eugene Peterson, wrote about church planters directly. I have another friend who was going into church planting and asked um, Eugene a couple really direct questions, and I thought I should share them with you. And if this is presumptuous, then you can just ignore them. Yeah, two questions. One was, what are the non-negotiables of being a church planter? So the one great advantage you have as a new church pastor is that you are forced to start small. Nothing is imposed on you. Determine that you will know every person, their names and whatever of their lives they are willing to let you in on. Be in their homes. Invite them in your home in small groups for an evening or lunch. The killing frost in too much new church development is forming programs that will attract people or serve their perceived needs, getting them involved. The overriding need they have is worship, and that is the one thing that is lowest on their needs list. Insist on it. Keep it simple. Learn to know every last one of them relationally and call them to worship. 
and not entertainment worship, but a community at worship. Americans these days are not used to being treated that way, personally and apart from promotional come-ons. When it is successful numerically, and if you're a good salesman and smile a lot, it probably will be, you will end up struggling to actually be a church. The last one was, what is the greatest temptation when planting a church, and how do I avoid it? I'd say ambition. Church planners are tempted to do what it takes to succeed. Most of us grow up as competitors. Competition is bred into our bones, and most of us are good at it. But the very nature of church, the Christian life, is to stay close to the ground that you're given, the people you're given, the Jesus who comes alongside of us. The temptation is to look for leaders or winners or look at people as resources. That is not a mindset that cultivates patience with losers and the mediocre. Not that we don't want to do our best, but unchecked ambition cripples us for dealing with the people who are right under our noses, the left out and ignored. If we hold our competitive instincts on a short leash, we'll probably stay small for a considerable time. So um, I... That's really good. Good. <laughs> I, uh, I admire you. I think what you're doing is beautiful, and it's, it's really hard. And there's going to be some hard days ahead. And we hope to be a community that um, is friends to Victory Church, to Paul and Taylor, to all that you're doing. Um, we want to pray in our prayers of the people for Paul and Taylor. But we also know that there are some folks here who are part of Victory Church and here or um, with Paul and Taylor. If you would like, we would love to pray for you as well. If you feel comfortable, we'd like you to come up here on the front. Let's go ahead and go around. So if you want to come up and be prayed for with Paul, then, then come on up. We like to pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.